The Imitation of Christ in Four Books by Thomas A. Kempis Translated by the Daughters of St. Paul Nihil Obstat, S.J. Sierakovsky, 1952 Read by Wiener Contreras Book 1. Useful Admonitions for a Spiritual Life Chapter 1 of the imitation of Christ and the contempt of all the vanities of the world. He who follows me does not walk in darkness, says our Lord. These are the words of Christ, by which we are warned that we must imitate his life and manners if we would be truly enlightened and delivered from all blindness of heart. Let it then be our chief study to meditate on the life of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of Christ surpasses all the doctrines of the saints, and he who has the Spirit will find therein a hidden manna. But it happens that many, by frequent hearing of the gospel, are very little affected, because they have not the Spirit of Christ. But he who would fully and with joy understand the words of Christ must study to make his whole life conformable to that of Christ. What does it avail you to argue profoundly of the Trinity if you be void of humility? And consequently, be displeasing to the Trinity. In truth, sublime words do not make a man holy and just, but a virtuous life makes him dear to God. I would rather feel compunction than know its definition. If you knew the whole Bible by heart and the sayings of all the philosophers, what would it all profit you without the love and grace of God? Vanity of vanities, and all is vanity, except loving God and serving Him alone. This is the highest wisdom, to despise the world and to aspire to the kingdom of heaven. It is vanity, therefore, to seek reach riches which must perish, and to trust in them. It is vanity also to be ambitious of honors, and to raise oneself to a high station. It is vanity to follow the desires of the flesh, and to desire that for which you must afterwards be grievously punished. It is vanity to wish for a long life and to take little care of leading a good life. It is vanity also to attend only to this present life and not to look forward to those things which are to come. It is vanity to love that which passes with all speed and not to hasten thither 
where everlasting joy is. Often remember that proverb, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. Study, therefore, to withdraw your heart from the love of visible things and to turn yourself to things invisible. For they who follow sensually defile their conscience and lose the grace of God. Reflection The followers of Jesus Christ will arrive at a knowing, at a knowledge of truth only through love and humble faith, only by following the example of the Divine Master and by imitating and practicing His lessons will we be able to understand His doctrine. In other words, it is not the arts and the sciences which render us just and the friends of God, but charity and the Christian virtues. A simple man who is contrite and humble of heart is more pleasing to God than the greatest philosopher who is full of pride and thinks himself great. The greatest wisdom lies in aspiring to gain the kingdom of heaven, and the rest is vanity. Prayer My Jesus, I ask of you the grace to know and do all that you have taught me to gain my salvation. May I imitate your virtues and profit from your lessons. This is the grace which I humbly beg of you, my dear Savior, and I hope to obtain it through your infinite mercy. Amen. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis Chapter 3 Of the Study of Truth Happy is he whom truth teaches by itself, not by figures and words that pass, but as it is in itself. Our opinion and our sense often deceive us and see but little. What avails is a great dispute about hidden and obscure matters, if, for not knowing them, we shall not be reproved at the day of judgment. It is great folly for us to neglect things profitable and necessary, and to willingly busy ourselves about those which are curious and harmful. We have eyes and see not. And why need we concern ourselves about the various kinds and species of beings? He whom the eternal word speaks is set at liberty from a multitude of opinions. From this one word are all things, and all things speak to us of him.
and this is the beginning which is which also speaks to us without him no one understands or judges rightly he to whom all things are one and who draws all things to one and who sees all things in one may be steady in heart and peaceably repose in god o truth my god make me one with you in eternal love often i am wearied with reading and hearing many things in you is all that i will or desire let all teachers hold their peace let all creatures be silent in your sight to you alone speak to me the more a man is united within himself and interior interiorly simple the more and higher things does he understand without effort because he receives the light of understanding from above a pure simple and steady spirit is not dissipated by a multitude of affairs because he performs them all to the honor of god and endeavors within himself to be free from all self-seeking what is a greater hindrance and trouble to you than your own unmortified affection of heart a good and devout man first disposes interiorly the works which he is to do outwardly neither do they draw him to the desires of an inordinate inclination but he bends them to the rule of right reason who has a stronger conflict than he who strives to overcome himself and this must be our business to strive to overcome ourselves and daily to gain mastery over ourselves and to go from good to better all perfection in this life are attended with some imperfections and all our speculations with a certain obscurity the humble knowledge of yourself is a surer way to god than the deepest search after science learning is not to be condemned nor the mere knowledge of anything which is good in itself and ordained by god but a good conscience and a virtuous life are always to be preferred before it but because many make it more their study to know than to live well therefore are they often deceived and bring forth none or very little fruit oh if men would use as much diligence in rooting out vices and planting virtues as they do in proposing questions there would not be so many evils nor scandals among the people nor so much laxity in monasteries verily 
when the day of judgment comes, we shall not be examined on what we have read, but on what we have done, not on how learnedly we have spoken, but on how religiously we have lived. Tell me, where are now all those great doctors and masters with whom you were well acquainted while they were living and flourished in learning? Now others fill their places, and I know not whether they ever think of them. In their lifetime, they seem to be something, and now they are not spoken of. Oh, how quickly does the glory of the world pass away! Would that their lives had been answerable to their learning! Then would they have studied and read advantageously. How many perish in the world through vain learning, because they little care for the service of God, and because they prefer rather to be great than to be humble. Therefore, they are lost in their own imaginations. He is truly great who has great charity. He is truly great who is little in his own eyes and esteems all honors as naught. He is truly prudent who considers all earthly things as nothing that he may gain Christ. And he is very learned indeed, who does the will of God and renounces his own will. Reflection We should study not so much to know as to put into practice the truths which we learn. Let us listen to the eternal word, who speaks to the heart more than to the mind to know and to do what is necessary for our salvation constitutes a new Christian, a, a true Christian's conscience. Prayer My dear Jesus, you have said, Not he who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Therefore, give me a truly Christian mind and heart so that I may lend a truly Christian life. Grant me the grace to be detached from all things and to seek only you in all I do, say, or think. May I thus render myself worthy of your love now and for all eternity. Amen. End of chapter 3「The Imitation of Christ」in four books by Thomas A. Kempis translated by the Daughters of St. Paul Nihil Obstad, S.J. Sierakovsky, 1952 Read by Wiener Contreras Book 1. Useful Admonitions for a Spiritual Life Chapter 1. Of the Imitation of Christ 
and the contempt of all the vanities of the world. He who follows me does not walk in darkness, says our Lord. These are the words of Christ, by which we are warned that we must imitate his life and manners if we would be truly enlightened and delivered from all blindness of heart. Let it then be our chief study to meditate on the life of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of Christ surpasses all the doctrines of the saints, and he who has the Spirit will find therein a hidden manna. But it happens that many, by frequent hearing of the gospel, are very little affected, because they have not the Spirit of Christ. But he who would fully and with joy understand the words of Christ must study to make his whole life conformable to that of Christ. What does it avail you to argue profoundly of the Trinity if you be void of humility, and consequently be displeasing to the Trinity? In truth, sublime words do not make a man holy and just, but a virtuous life makes him dear to God. I would rather feel compunction than know its definition. If you knew the whole Bible by heart and the sayings of all the philosophers, what would it all profit you without the love and grace of God? Vanity of vanities, and all is vanity, except loving God and serving Him alone. This is the highest wisdom, to despise the world and to aspire to the kingdom of heaven. It is vanity, therefore, to seek riches which must perish and to trust in them. It is vanity also to be ambitious of honors and to raise oneself to a high station. It is vanity to follow the desires of the flesh and to desire that for which you must afterwards be grievously punished. It is vanity to wish for a long life and to take little care of leading a good life. It is vanity also to attend only to this present life and not to look forward to those things which are to come. It is vanity to love that which passes with all speed and not to hasten thither where everlasting joy is. Often remember that proverb, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. Study, therefore, to withdraw your heart from the love of visible things and to turn yourself to things invisible, for they who follow sensually defile their conscience 
and lose the grace of God. Reflection The followers of Jesus Christ will arrive at a knowing, at a knowledge of truth only through love and humble faith, only by following the example of the Divine Master and by imitating and practicing his lessons will we be able to understand his doctrine. In other words, it is not the arts and the sciences which render us just and the friends of God, but charity and the Christian virtues. A simple man who is contrite and humble of heart is more pleasing to God than the greatest philosopher who is full of pride and thinks himself great. The greatest wisdom lies in aspiring to gain the kingdom of heaven, and the rest is vanity. Prayer My Jesus, I ask of you the grace to know and do all that you have taught me to gain my salvation. May I imitate your virtues and profit from your lessons. This is the grace which I humbly beg of you, my dear Savior, and I hope to obtain it through your infinite mercy. Amen. Chapter 2 The Imitation of Christ by A. Thomas Kempis Chapter 2 On Having a Humble Opinion of Oneself Every man naturally desires to know, but what does knowledge avail without the fear of God? Indeed, a humble farmer who serves God is better than a proud philosopher who, ne neglecting himself, considers the course of the heavens. He who knows himself well is vile in his own eyes and is not pleased with the praises of men. If I should know all things that are in the world and should not have ch charity, what would it avail me in the sight of God? Who will judge me by my deeds? Calm that excessive desire of knowing, because there is found therein much distraction and deceit. They who are learned are desirous to appear and to be called wise. There are many things the knowledge of which is of little or no use to the soul. And he is very unwise who attends to certain things which do not serve for his salvation. Many words do not satisfy the soul, but a good life gives rest to the mind, and a pure conscience affords a great confidence in God. The more and the better you know, 
the heavier will be your judgment, unless your life be also more holy. Be not, therefore, puffed up with any art or science, but rather fear on account of the knowledge which is given you. If it seems to you that you know many things and understand them well enough, know at that, that the same time that there are many more things of which you are ignorant. Be not high-minded, but rather acknowledge your ignorance. Why would you prefer yourself to others when there are many more learned and skillful in the law than yourself? If you would know and learn anything to the purpose, love to be unknown and esteemed as nothing. This is the highest and most profitable lesson, truly to know and despise ourselves, to have no opinion of ourselves, and to think always well and highly of others, is great wisdom and high perfection. If you should see another openly sin or commit grave faults, you ought not esteem yourself better because you know not how long you may remain in a good state. We are all frail, but think no one more frail than yourself. Reflections This chapter is clearly summed up in the words of St. Paul the Apostle. Knowledge puffs up but charity edifies. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, the same is known and loved by God. The better one knows oneself, the more humble one is. And since humility is the foundation of all virtues, our sanctification and growth in perfection will depend on the depths of our humility. Prayer My Jesus, cure me of the desire of wishing to know everything. Infuse in me a great care for my eternal salvation. For you will judge me on what I have done towards my salvation and not in whether I have a perfect knowledge of the arts and human sciences. O Lord, give to me and to all the faithful the grace to know, to esteem, to love, and to practice the virtue of humility. Amen. End of chapter 2The Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis Chapter 3 Of the Study of Truth Happy is he whom truth teaches by itself, not by figures and words that pass, but as it is in itself. Our opinion and our sense often deceive us and see but little. 
What avails is a great dispute about hidden and obscure matters. If, for not knowing them, we shall not be reproved at the day of judgment. It is great folly for us to neglect things profitable and necessary and to willingly busy ourselves about those which are curious and harmful. We have eyes and see not. And why need we concern ourselves about the various kinds and species of beings? He whom the eternal word speaks is set at liberty from a multitude of opinions. From this one word are all things, and all things speak to us of him. And this is the beginning which, is, which also speaks to us. Without him, no one understands or judges rightly. He to whom all things are one, and who draws all things to one, and who sees all things in one, may be steady in heart and peaceably repose in God. O truth, my God, make me one with you in eternal love. Often I am wearied with reading and hearing many things. In you is all that I will or desire. Let all teachers hold their peace. Let all creatures be silent in your sight. Do you alone speak to me? The more a man is united within himself and interior, interiorly simple, the more and higher things does he understand without effort, because he receives the light of understanding from above. A pure, simple, and steady spirit is not dissipated by a multitude of affairs, because he performs them all to the honor of God, and endeavors within himself to be free from all self-seeking. What is a greater hindrance and trouble to you than your own unmortified affection of heart? A good and devout man first disposes interiorly the works which he is to do outwardly. Neither do they draw him to the desires of an inordinate inclination, but he bends them to the rule of right reason. Who has a stronger conflict than he who strives to overcome himself? And this must be our business, to strive to overcome ourselves, and daily to gain mastery over ourselves, and to go from good to better. All perfection in this life are attended with some imperfections, and all are speculations with a certain obscurity. The humble knowledge of yourself is a surer way to God than the deepest search after science. Learning is not to be condemned, nor the mere knowledge of anything, 
which is good in itself and ordained by God, but a good conscience and a virtuous life are always to be preferred before it. But because many make it more their study to know than to live well, therefore are they often deceived and bring forth none or very little fruit. Oh, if men would use as much diligence in rooting out vices and planting virtues as they do in proposing questions, there would not be so many evils nor scandals among the people, nor so much laxity in monasteries. Verily, when the day of judgment comes, we shall not be examined on what we have read, but on what we have done, not on how learnedly we have spoken, but on how religiously we have lived. Tell me, where are now all those great doctors and masters with whom you were well acquainted while they were living and flourished in learning? Now others fill their places, and I know not whether they ever think of them. In their lifetime, they seem to be something, and now they are not spoken of. Oh, how quickly does the glory of the world pass away! Would that their lives had been answerable to their learning! Then would they have studied and read advantageously. How many perish in the world through vain learning, because they little care for the service of God, and because they prefer rather to be great than to be humble. Therefore, they are lost in their own imaginations. He is truly great who has great charity. He is truly great who is little in his own eyes and esteems all honors as naught. He is truly prudent, who considers all earthly things as nothing, that he may gain Christ. And he is very learned indeed, who does the will of God, and renounces his own will. Reflection we should study not so much to know as to put into practice the truths which we learn. Let us listen to the eternal word who speaks to the heart more than to the mind. To know and to do what is necessary for our salvation constitutes a new Christian, a, a true Christian's conscience. Prayer My dear Jesus, you have said, Not he who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Therefore, give me a truly Christian mind and heart, so that I may lend a truly Christian life. Grant me the grace to be detached from all things, 
and to seek only you in all I do, say, or think. May I thus render myself worthy of your love, now and for all eternity. Amen. End of chapter 3 The Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis Chapter 4 Of Prudence in Acting We must not believe every word nor follow every suggestion, but carefully and prudently weigh the matter according to God. Alas, we often more readily believe and speak that which is evil of another than that which is good. That is how weak we are. But perfect men do not easily believe every report, because they know man's weakness, which is very prone to evil and very subject to fail in words. It is great wisdom not to be rash in our doings, nor to persist obstinately in our own opinion. It is also wisdom not to believe every man's word, nor to immediately tell others the things which we have heard or believe. Consult a wise and conscientious man, and seek rather to be instructed by one who is better than to follow your own inventions. A good life makes a man wise, according to God, and expert in many things. The more humble a man is, and the more subject to God, the more wise will he be in all things, and the more at peace. Reflection False reports are imprudent and opposed to charity tail-bearing causes enmities, hatred and loss of friendly, of friends.